In the 1990s, Deke were riding high on their Nintendo-licensed video game cartoons. It would be up to Alan and his Bobot Entertainment crew to muscle in on their territory with the power of Acclaim Entertainment? We are the D-Geeks, and there's not really any catchphrases for this show, so... sorry? We are the Deep Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. And this is the show in which we look back at the Deke catalogue of shows, uh, except on weeks like this where we Wikipedia lists it as a Deke show and we find absolutely no evidence that Deke has any involvement whatsoever. Yeah, this is a bit of a weird one. Uh, if you go onto the Wikipedia page for this show, uh, it will say that DHX Media, the current proprietor of Deke Entertainment Shows, like have it on their like they they distribute it and shit yeah and then in the categories it says lists of shows by deke entertainment but as far as we can tell this isn't deke and this is something that we found out about halfway through uh preparing for this episode and Mm. But it's an interesting snapshot anyway, and there is the possibility that at some point Deke acquired it, but it's there's just no evidence about the show's creation or yeah. even from people who were on the show or I mean on the game show that it turned into. I mean the credits are so sparse in itself that like we don't even know who voiced what character. Yeah. We just know the people who voiced the characters and that's it. It's just a list of people who worked on the show and nothing else. This is because today we are talking about the power team. Also and known as Video, video Power. Power. Yeah. Also known as Acclaim Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be a small... Well, no. This, this is sort of a Captain N knockoff. Kind of, yeah. Or possibly a spiritual follow-up to Captain N. It's kind of in the same vein, except that it has live-action bits and was only broadcast on a super uh, transmitter in Chicago. Something like that, yeah. Uh, It's a bit of a weird one, this. Yeah. Bit of a weird one. Basically, yeah, it's what happens when you try and recreate something Nintendo's done, but with a smaller, shittier publisher. With games that no one knows or cares about. Well, they know the games, but I mean, we're talking about characters that didn't have any specific characteristics. Yeah. I mean, we can look at the characters in uh, Captain N and say, this is all wrong, because these characters had characteristics. With this one, they just didn't have the personality to begin with. Yeah. Um... We... But we're jumping ahead of yeah, ourselves. Yeah. First, I need to ask, do you remember Acclaim <laughs> Entertainment at all? Um, oh, 
Okay, now that's not the question I expected you to ask. Um, well, you've never ah, seen this show because I've never seen well, this show. Yeah, this show was never seen outside of um, possibly the greater Chicago area and small uh, syndication channels. <laughs> so um, I know the name and the logo is kind of stuck in my head, but I think mainly where I've seen it from is mostly just kind of games that I saw laying about my friends' houses. I didn't really <laughs> kind of have any myself apart from Buster Move 2, which I think was a copy on the PlayStation 1, which was one of my favourite games, actually. It's a great game, uh, Puzzle Bobble. Wait, wait, wait. They sold actual PlayStation 1 games? Yeah. Good lord, the PlayStation 1 had terrible levels of uh, piracy. Yeah. Um, also... Um, I did a quick little look up before I started talking here. Um, Destroy the kayfabe. Um, just to see what they had published. And while there are definitely games that I recognise from later on, like things that I found out existed a couple of years after, like from my childhood, stuff like BMX XXX and the South Park <laughs> video game. Um, <laughs> and Trick Style as well. Uh, the only other one that I really recognised as playing when I was somewhat younger uh, was Smash TV. I played the SNES port of uh, it through Netplay with a friend in America a couple times. This would be... Was Smash TV Midway? Uh, Smash TV was a Midway game, yes. Yes, yes. But of course Midway that claim did Midway's in, home versions. Yeah, it was a arena shooter kind of set in a futuristic game show type thing. Yes. Um, which, at the time... It was made in 1990, and the futuristic year for that game was 1999. Yeah. Now, I remember our claim because, I mean, being 10 years older than you, I just remember them as being one of the many third-string uh, publishers that mm -hmm. were around at the time. And we had a kind of a clearing of them over the last 15, 20 years mm. as the industry has crunched uh very much in the uh americas i think we've gotten to the point where we have third string um european yes publishers definitely. uh far more than anything else they stuff seem... like one c yes <laughs> uh and deep silver and nordic uh but uh i kind of remember them aside from their last great game aggressive inline which is a game that was as good as the tony hawks games um I, and i will needed <laughs> i will stand by that statement uh until i actually play that game and realize it was rubbish i remember the death throes of that company because they got desperate in their last few years um for example, uh, there was the incident in which they offered to pay uh, new parents something like £60,000 if they named their kid Turok. Yes, I think I remember that, actually, uh, reading about that. Jesus that Christ, That was a yeah. thing they did. And then there was the other time that they tried to buy advertising space on tombstones for Shadow Man. Oh, dear. So yeah, I claim I claim they published some great games and then a lot, a lot of, of trash. Not, yeah, a lot of not good games. And uh, ultimately were killed by a industry that just wasn't able to support the size of a a large publisher that did nothing but churn things out anymore. 
so, um, I should probably get into the actual show rather than history time. talking about the state of the industry. I'm history. Capitalising on the success of Captain N, Bobot Entertainment teamed up with Acclaim to produce The Power Team. Acclaim Entertainment, for those of you who don't remember the 90s, was a third-party developer that mostly produced licensed tie-ins and home versions of arcade games, and so their choice of characters was extremely limited. The team was made up of Max Force from Midway's Nark, Kuros from Rare's Wizards and Warriors, Quirks from the US adaptation of Atlas's Puzzle Boy, and Tyrone from Midway's Arch Rivals. Oh, and also the Bigfoot monster truck from Beam Software's Bigfoot was there too. In most episodes, they fought Nark's Mr. Big and his henchmen, but sometimes faced off against villains from other characters' series, or ones they simply made up. Each episode was prefaced and followed by a live-action segment hosted by Johnny Arcade, a rad 90s gamer type who offered hints, reviews, and previews of video games in a manic, hyperactive manner. For the second season, the cartoon was dropped in its entirety, and Johnny Arcade's segment was extended to become a video game-themed game show, in which children competed against each other to win a large stash of games and gaming paraphernalia. The original show ran for about 55 episodes, but some of the cartoons were repeated during that time. The game show format ran for a further 50 episodes. The cartoon would later be rebroadcast without the by then massively outdated video power segments as Acclaim Masters. What are we going to talk about first here? Because there's quite a bit to delve into. Because yes. I mean, we have the live action segments of the first season, we have the cartoon of the first season, and then we have the entirety of the game show in the second season. <laughs> I can't believe we watched a game, sh- a kids game show from the nineties. No, I can. I watched a couple of old UK ones the other day. That's true. They That's are true. something else. They're something else. Um, I think. Start at the top, we need to talk about uh, Johnny Arcade. Oh, God. Right. Okay, Johnny Arcade is... I mean, I wrote Rad 90s Gamer Dude because that's all there is to him. Yeah, he that's is, kind of the stereotype they went for. He's a haircut and very little <laughs> else. He's a little hyperactive. Just a little bit. Uh, constantly doing silly voices and... Yeah, that's all he does. Yeah, that's his entire sh- his entire shtick is silly voices and skateboarding from one side of the small studio to the other. He is basically the embodiment of the nineties. He is he is there because I guess they said, well, kids won't watch just video games, so we have to add a live action person to talk about the video games in a ridiculous manner. Of course, 20 years later, we're here and kids watch footage of video games all the time. (laughs) TV producers never thought that you could show footage of video games and make that the focus. Instead, they have to have this figure, this idol, in the form of Johnny Arcade. To, to be fair, the weird hosts that we got here weren't really that much better. Oh, come on. We had Patrick Moore uh, insulting kids through a uh, digitised headset. Okay, that, okay, yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. That's that's pretty fantastic. Um. <laughs> we were aware of what we were doing at the very least. That's true, that's true. His reviews aren't exactly reviews, are they? No, they're more just kind of like, Here's what you do in this game. 
It's good. Buy it. Yeah. I, I mean, a cynical person could suggest that perhaps these are basically just more advertisements. Basically, yeah. Um, and then there's also his video game tips, which come in the form of video power edge, because you get the edge by doing this. And um, the thing is, is they're either incredibly obvious, yes, incorrect, the- or literally a walkthrough for a level. Yes. Uh, I mean, they they come directly from a gaming magazine. Yeah. So I'm assuming that uh, that's another advertisement. <laughs> On the incorrect front, uh, there was a cheat code that Johnny was giving out to the audience for the, I believe it's a Genesis game, Return of Shinobi. Uh, and it was a cheat code to let you have infinite shurikens on that game. And to do that, according to Johnny... Select shuriken, now press A, B, and the C buttons as fast as you can. Faster, faster, keep punching the buttons until the infinity symbol appears. Under your number of shuriken. All the shuriken a player could want. The trick is fast fingers. I checked online, and as it turns out, all you have to do is just turn a couple of options... Like, I think it was change the difficulty to shuriken and then put shurikens to zero and then you just wait for 30 seconds and it'll change to infinite. Yeah. You don't have to mash the buttons. So, you know, that was pretty fun to find out. Um, But yeah, kind of apart from those two things, there's not really anything else to talk about with regards to the live action portion of season one. No, no. We've pretty much covered all the bases there. It's just haircuts. It really it's, is. Yeah. It really is that huge '90s haircut that's the bulk of this. Um, he does also, of course, appear as a character voiced by a completely different person on the show itself. Yeah. That seems like a convoluted way of trying to link the two halves and failing miserably. Well, it's also kind of a again nicking on the Captain N thing as well, isn't it? Sort of, yeah. Um, Only in this case, Johnny Arcade doesn't actually take any active part in anything. No, he just says the computer and is supposedly in control of them sometimes and yet isn't. Yeah. There's semi-Heathcliff situation going on. Because the origin story is never explained. What's going on is never explained. We have what is the actual origin story for you. Um, But... It's never like we I never mean, it actually might be found explained out. somewhere else, but it wasn't in the first episode, yeah. so therefore, that's kind of the main problem. Like, we watch the first episode of every series we do without fail because we expect there to be an explanation that introduces the characters in that episode. Mm-hmm. And the first episode of this one was the most generic plot imaginable. And then the next episode we watched was the most generic plot imaginable. And then the <laughs> next episode was the most generic plot imaginable. And then we went. Can you watch spot the a pattern? <laughs> Have you spotted a pattern yet, children? That's right. This show is generic. Oh boy, right. Um, before we get on to talking about the cartoon itself, there was another little factor to watching okay. these episodes, and that was the adverts that we got treated to. Uh, the 90s American daytime television adverts. To whoever ripped this, thank you so much for not taking the adverts out. It's very, very good to see this. Because, uh, to be honest, we were in many cases we were watching the show waiting for the adverts. <laughs> yeah, in some As- cases the adverts were definitely the best aside part. Aside from the 
amazing, uh, hyperactive nineties uh, text. Um, yeah, the Tiger Electronics advert. Tiger Electronics yeah. advert. Just shouting, palm of your hands, just shoving it in your face, constantly jittering. Um, there's also the mood whiplash of it moving between uh, nice cartoons and then suddenly uh, just some local guy going, statistics say that in the next six years you will buy a home security system. Statistics seem to indicate that in the next few years you will own a home security system. Why would anyone install a burglar alarm that works after the intruder is standing in your home? It's important to know you have a choice. Mach 7's state-of-the-art computerized alarm has the ability to sound that alarm and stop the burglar outside. Give us a call and let us send you some very interesting and helpful information. Thank you. RPMs! RPMs! There's a new kind of racer gonna knock you out! Or, um, my favourite one, which was... Uh, when we're watching the game show one, which is this wow, loud, exciting, action, fast-paced game show, and then cuts to ad breaks, and it's like children are dying in Africa. You can adopt a child now for only seventy. It's like fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> this is the squalor they live in. Anyway, back to the game show. <laughs> oh god! And the second best thing about that advert was it was like. It starred this... I don't know who the fuck it was. It was some kind of generic white woman celebrity-looking type who was still in these fancy-ass clothes, wearing sunglasses, yeah. just waltzing through. It's not like, a good look. Yeah, the amount of insensitivity going on in that advert was ridiculous. I mean, if you're going to... I mean, I believe she may have been a professional aid worker person but she was a spokesperson person yeah she wasn't an on the ground type person otherwise she would have worn something that was a bit less t-shirt baggy trousers yeah uh instead she was wearing this kind of dress blazer <laughs> Paris fashion week kind of clothes going on blazer with kind of the the lapels printed on it's oh god and so clean while surrounded by squalor yeah yeah uh, and then sunglasses on when she's talking to the kids. It's just, it's just... I mean, that in itself is jarring enough. Yeah. But it's coming in between, like, this ridiculously hyperactive game show where only the hosts are hyperactive and no one else really gives a shit. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, boy. But yes, what we're really here to talk about is, of course, the cartoon. The power team. <sighs> okay, so the power team is, as we've mentioned, made up of five characters from video games, except not. Uh, I mean, well, you... no, it is five characters from video games. It's just yeah. video games that no one really cares about, and also they're massively altered. Sort of. Sort of. Some of them two, are massively altered. Two of them have been massively altered. One is, aside from, I believe, a haircut, uh, pretty much on point. One is Quirk. <laughs> yeah, one is Quirk, who is Quirk, and the other one is Bigfoot, who is Bigfoot, the monster truck. Then we have Curos, who was based off the box art for the second Wizards yeah. of Warriors game, who is just Fabio, literally. Yes, yes. Um, and then we have 
Max Power, or whatever his name is. Max Force, Max sorry. Force. Close enough. <laughs> just like Max Force from Narc. Yeah, who... we need to talk about Narc. Because oh, Narc is a hyper-violent game. Hyper-violent? Yeah. Hyper-violent game about mowing down uh, drug... Drug lords. Uh, yeah. Drug lords and addicts and dealers. And uh, with basically machine guns. Lots mm-hmm. and lots of machine guns. But because this is a children's cartoon being shown at a time slot where you can't show any of that, the gun-based character Max Force has no guns. Instead, he has a variety of other kind of... He has a utility belt. unquote weapons, yeah. He has and a utility belt. by utility belt. belt, we mean grappling hook. Yeah, grappling hook, a couple of other things, and also his body armor... The individual little parts of his body armor can shoot off rocket why? propels. I don't why? know why. Why would you have rocket propelled body armor? Just being attacked by this dude's pecs is really strange. It's. But of course, the villains are also from Narc. So we have this weird situation in which this grotesque crime drug lord. Mr. Big. Mr. Big is going around stealing tomatoes. Or just petty theft. Basically. On- well, yeah, Mr. Big's thing on this um, on this show is basically stealing away certain items in order to, like, basically launder money from people by, like, forcing them into paying him to get that item back. Like, in the case of the tomatoes, he was, like, hoarding all of the tomatoes so that he could charge the pizza places extra money so he could get more money, well, no, I guess. it's just I really... don't understand. Okay, it's... he. What he is doing is... The kind of crimes that a small child would come up with as the crime of the century. <laughs> so it, yeah. it is, as you say, uh, cornering the supply of the market for tomatoes, destroying all of the tomatoes on the market so that only he can make the tomato sauce for pizzas. But there was also stealing uh, a trinket from the neck of a prince of some middle eastern country generic mildly racist middle eastern country uh so that he could steal treasure from a pyramid that just happened to be in the basement of uh a museum just convenient why why was the treasure in i'm not the museum I, I don't know i uh yeah hmm. um and uh, in the other one we saw, his plan was to dress up as uh, cleaners to sneak into an apartment building complex full of rich people and then go door to door, basically um, holding them to hostage and stealing all of their jewels. Not the most useful villains we've seen so far. Well, for a massive kingpin of crime these these are really low level <laughs> these really low level ideas um oh we forgot about the other character that we didn't talk about uh which was tyrone from arch rivals who looked a bit like michael jordan in the game so they gave him some hair so he didn't look like mj yeah and that's, that's about it yeah he doesn't punch anyone unlike you do in the game arch rivals instead he just twats everyone with a big basketball like which, you do in Arch Rivals. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. Um, which, actually, that's an important note in that, unlike Captain N, 
pretty yeah. much most of these characters are on point. They they cared about what the characters were for, and it does sh- show that they at least played the source material. Now, they did take some liberties, like with Quirk, he inexplicably has some new abilities such as levitation and bouncing, two things which he doesn't have in his actual game because, of course... Puzzle Boy and Quirk are from a top-down perspective. Yeah. So, But there is a lot of uh, rolling around in mazes and... Uh, twatting boxes. Twatting boxes yeah. going on. So, you know, it's it's pretty much pretty much accurate. Like, Tyrone and Quirk are the most accurate characters there is, and I guess Bigfoot too, because Bigfoot's a monster truck and he's a monster truck in He Bigfoot. also gained some villains. Uh, we didn't see any of them because of the episodes we saw, but apparently they added villains uh, to be to be opposite. Oh yes, Quirk, they, yeah, they added despite some the fact vegetable. that there are no villains in yeah. Quirk. Yeah. Uh, same for Bigfoot. There are other trucks in Bigfoot, but they made up a villain for Bigfoot to be his rival. Yeah. But I mean, that's fair enough. If you're going to expand, if you're going to kind of create the alternate uh, evil versions of characters you might as well make them up if you're going to have them so as we were saying uh the plot of every episode i mean i we're supposed to be doing episode by episode things but we've already we've already explained what the plots were just imagine that except before the end of each um before the end of the first half they get into a big fight and then before the end of the second half they get into a big fight uh, oh I was going to say, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Um, no, go for it. The reason why... Okay, by the way, there's like all of these video game characters, they're in the real world. Which yes. is something that's not actually explained from the episodes that we watched. I mean, you um, would think that they weren't in the real world because they are being controlled on a, on a computer by <laughs> Johnny Arcade. Or but at least it appears to be on one scene. So, apparently, according to this one website, which I found, the entire shtick of the program is that somehow Mr. Big stole the game cartridges that all of the characters come from. And the only way to send them back home is to get the game cartridges back, but they also have to make sure that they take the villains back with them. And apparently, in one episode, Mr. Big does manage to capture Quirk and Tyrone in Quirk's game, meaning that they don't have to be game-specific, which, I mean, that in itself sounds like a better idea for a TV show. <laughs> just, I mean, well, then again, that's just Captain N again, isn't it? Thing is, ah, they let the villains get away so often in this thing. Well, yeah, it's a cartoon antics show, isn't it? They, right, they but to... they don't even attempt to capture the villains. I mean, at the end of the third one we watched, they just the villains just gave them the loot and then walked off. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, uh, it's it, a weird thing going on here. It's a bit too simplistic. I mean, I, I, it may seem a bit weird for us to say it was a bit too simplistic after saying that um, Captain M was too complicated. But there really isn't enough to it. It just does the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So, much like Captain N, I'm going to just kind of rate it an overall score of meh. Fair enough. It's it's kind of... It's not as tedious to watch as Game... As as Game Boy? As Captain N is. Especially without Game Boy. But, um... 
It's not exactly better than it, though. No, it's... Uh, as someone else said online, it was like, people would generally consider this to be worse because it's basically a blatant Captain N ripoff, but it's pretty much a par. It's... Especially it's when you consider, similar. yeah, I mean, especially when you consider the fuck ups that they made for Captain N, like this having the details and stuff, kind of, I guess, redeems it in a sense. But it's also terrifyingly dull. <laughs> so, and people at the time could greed, which was why it was cancelled after one season and replaced with a game show. <laughs> Ah, right, yes. Video Power, the game show. <laughs> yes, we also watched the game show version of Video Power, as we have mentioned, and it's a pretty simple structure. Uh, it starts... Think the game competition from The Wizard, but it's actually a game show. Yeah. And, and I'm not even joking, it's very similar. <laughs> and on an extremely low budget. It's a simple enough structure... Uh, it starts with members of the audience asking Johnny a question to try and stump him, and if they stump him, they can get a a game for free or something. Something like that. I have no idea what the fuck that part was about, to be uh, honest. Followed by a quick competition on a game, followed by a gaming trivia bit, then another game, and then... Possibly the only bit of it which was vaguely entertaining. Uh, the winner of the first three rounds uh, runs around a simulated game store grabbing as many games as they can. And often coming away with multiple copies of Batman for the NES. Batman for the, for the NES. NES. But, uh, in kind of a, just a supermarket sweep final dash. Now the fascinating thing about this is that the high priced items were pretty much as easy to get as the lower priced items, i.e. One could easily grab a fucking Neo Geo, which at the time would have been about $400, like, just as easily as they could grab a $50 NES game. Yeah. Which is amazing. And also, if they grab the quote-unquote secret item, which in this case was, I believe, a Steve Ditko uh, football game. Not Steve Ditko. Oh, it was a Ditko. It was a game by a Ditko. Look, yeah. there are many Ditkos. The name Ditko is just. I'm just trying very to think sticky. of what a Steve Ditko football game would be like. Um, <laughs> very objectivist. Yes, probably. I, wow, that's a blunder of the year for me. Jesus Christ, Steve fucking Ditko's football game. <laughs> objectivist cart- cartist, most famous for uh, for Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would actually play that, but I mean. Um... <laughs> Steve Ditko's Spidey Football. Um, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was, right? Uh, so long as the kid grabbed that item, then they also got a fucking TurboGrafx CD. Yeah. Which is astonishing. So not only did this kid get a shit ton of video games, but also a TurboGrafx CD with it as well. It's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. That's a bloody good get for what it is. Um, I mean, he actually commented on the YouTube video. Apparently, yeah, he the, sold the, the Turbo the Graphics last year. Yeah, yeah, the kid who uh, who won that was on the, <laughs> the YouTube video saying, "Ah, that was me." <laughs> so that was pretty fun to see, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty harmless. It's just an example of cynical children's game shows. Yeah. <laughs> And there's nothing that really makes it stick out again from anything else from the time. Well, apart from Johnny Arcade. 
and th- whoever the fuck the other host was, who were the uh, pretty much the only two people who really gave a shit and like were keeping the energy up because no, none of the kids really cared. No. Which is ironic because the kids obviously cared about the games, but the hosts had no oh, yeah. idea about the games and were obviously entirely on teleprompter. Oh, um, speaking of the kids that were there, the contestant that the winning dude went up against was this adorable oh. little kid called Jamal, who he just lightning looks brain. He, yeah, he looked so happy to be there, and he yeah. knew, he knew every video game question even yeah. before the multiple question, <laughs> the multiple choices were stated. Out. That kid was a true fan. It, oh, he was great. I loved him. <laughs> I hope he's doing all right now. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of about it, really. Yeah. <laughs> there is not much there, else to say on this. For something that went through multiple iterations, there isn't much to say about this. The cartoon is okay. The game show is a. Sunday morning game. Saturday Sunday morning game yeah. show. I mean, it's notable for being one of the earliest video game based game shows on the air. But yeah, yeah. Apart but from that, <laughs> just uh, yeah. Best list to time, I think. Are we ranking the two separately? No. No, we're just going to lump it together as one big package of mediocrity. Yeah, I think so because there's not really much point in splitting them apart. I don't think. Um, one thing's for sure, though, this is going straight on the DNQ list, mainly because this turns out to not be Deke. Well, it's made by Bobot. G- I mean, yeah, Deke adjacent, but... it's it's uh, There are people that they collaborated with, and it's quite possible that Deke bought it because they, are, they have Bobot connections. Yeah, but I mean, as we said earlier... No evidence or proof that yeah. like, anything like this. It just Wikipedia supposedly, says. Yeah, supposedly DHX own it now, but there's not even any evidence that DHX own it. But there's <laughs> not any evidence that anyone owns it at this point. That's true. Uh, it's, it's one of those problems of it being just territory that is highly on um, just no records of anything. Yeah, yeah. It, this is mentioned only by retro um, nostalgia sites. We so, got the list somewhere? Well, you don't really need the list because I could, I know the DNQ list off by heart because it's only two entries. The first one is Sailor Moon, which, like, fuck is it better than Sailor Moon? And the second one is Little Clowns of Happy Town, which, yes, I'm yeah. going to say it's better than Little Clowns of Happy Town. So that's two on the DNQ list. Yeah, number two on the DNQ list. Now, one more thing that I'd like to talk about is how would you handle a 2018 reboot of The Power Team? Oh, God. I... <laughs> I mean, the thing is, there's no way to do this kind of show without it being an obvious cash-in. Right. And that's kind of the problem with it. Well, it's a big advert. Yeah. And the original was a big advert for a company people that are went a bankrupt bit, in 2004. Yeah, people are a bit more susceptible to this kind of things, and I don't really think doing a show like this nowadays is really considered acceptable. I think you would have to lean into it more. I think it would have to be self-knowing. In that case, I would just make another Bobsy TV show. <laughs> I actually have a couple of suggestions oh, no. for lines up. Oh no. Of uh Oh no. Oh. Okay. I suggest we team up Victor Vran. Right. Uh who is the gun person. The gun person who not many people really would remember because the although they'll remember it and go, Yeah, that game was alright. Oh yeah, Victor Vran, that's a name yeah. I've heard of. It was a Diablo like game ish. <laughs> that's about it. Alright. Uh, 
Fury from Darksiders 3, as in the new one. Yeah, I've never even the, seen a uh, single thing from. Yeah, great. As the melee person. Yeah. Uh, the... Oh, God. Here's the thing. I've been trying to get the same structure. So, gun guy, melee guy, sports guy, mascot, and car. And also... Or from games that no one really remembers or cares about anymore. Uh, well, specifically, I have gone with the publishers uh, Nordic Games and Deep Silver because they are of the tier that Acclaim was. I mean... They're better quality than Acclaim, yeah. but they're definitely the same tier that... I don't know. I think just exists I think, in a different way. I think there's better to. Euro Trash kind of uh, publishers out there well, that's that are true. better fits. Uh but there were worse publishers than I claim. But here's the thing. Your third string publishers don't make sports games anymore. Yeah, it's kind of... Because EA has cornered so yeah. much of the market with us, they can't compete. I mean, sure, you could... I mean, if I was going with a different publisher, I could get Don Bradman. But I think the Don Bradman <laughs> estate would complain about that Don Bradman had been uh, dead for quite a few years now. So, uh, in this case, I went for the unnamed player character from The Hunter, Call of the Wild. <laughs> so, just some generic hunter. Uh, but with the sidekick character being De Blob. De Blob isn't really relevant anymore, though. <laughs> Was Quirk ever relevant? Touché, but I mean, like, everyone else you've mentioned here are from vaguely relevant games. Victor Vran? I suppose Victor Vran is... There was a recent remake that came out that was Day pretty Day was recently released. Yeah, yeah, but I mean... Mm. Okay, okay. Um, uh, And then uh, they drive around in a Baja car. A Baja? Baja? A Baja? Baja? Uh, whatever the, the racing place down in North Mexico is. Or the South California. You didn't think this through very much, did you, Marky? No. Good job. Luckily, right, well. I have a deep silver version. Oh, for fuck. And this, this has Johnny Gat, but with no guns. <laughs> <laughs> so useless Johnny Gat. Okay, yep. great. Uh, the player character from Risen, which is a series of RPGs with a nameless protagonist. Great. Uh, I couldn't find a sports person at all, so I went with the only black person in the entire Deep Silver catalogue that isn't from um, something that they purchased from THQ. So, Sam B. Yes, Sam B from Dead Island. I would... Okay. <laughs> Sam B and Johnny Gart in a cartoon together would be fantastic, because those two would go together really well. And as the sidekick, I had Mighty Number no. 9. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I think this one actually works vaguely. And Apart they, from the risen dude, yes, this and, works. And this, uh, they they would drive around in a Dakar rally car because apparently <laughs> yeah. uh, they're doing a Dakar 18 game this year. <laughs> and it would be a disaster and be cancelled after one season to be replaced with a game show, probably helmed by a let's player. Any suggestions? I mean, the problem is there aren't really character-based games in the same way as they used to be. Can we get the robot from American McGee's Scrapland? That really isn't relevant anymore. Who even published American McGee's Scrapland? Deep Silver. Really? Yep. Blimey. Uh, probably better than Mighty Number no. 9, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't thinking mascot. I was replacing Riz- Risen Dude, because um, I don't think you can have nameless dudes. You need a name in there. Okay, okay. Uh, but it needs to be a melee person. 
Can we just have another dude? Can we just have a Dead Island cartoon? Because that would work. <laughs> and then they have like a zombie cat as a mascot <laughs> because that's how off tune it would be. Yeah. And Sambi would do the uh, opening and ending themes. Yes. But because it's a cartoon, it would be heavily censored. Well, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even be censored. It would just be this jokey cartoon. Basically, t- who do that voodoo, friend? <laughs> <laughs> you do that voodoo. <laughs> That's inspirational. But no, like I don't, know, I don't know. Like you could, you know, like the um, kind of chibified versions of cartoons and stuff like that. They made a uh, an SD version, SD as it's called. But I'm not going to use the word that that's actually defined very because yeah, ableist but um it's they did a sd version of uh fist of the north star or hokuto no ken which was less hokuto no ken and more the characters from hokuto no ken but placed in the modern world and it was a slice of life type deal and they apparently worked in a convenience store for some reason. I have to say, taking video game characters and doing that instead of the action show would be a hell of a lot more fun. Taking the video game characters and making them all chibified, so it can like it's allowed to be nice and silly and like not at all relevant to the actual source material because people know it's a spin-off that way. Well, yeah. Plus, you get you get uh, you can get a lot more entertainment out of the fish out of water. Yes. comedy. Slice of life of... works incredibly well for this kind of thing. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is to make this series good in 2018 would be to drop every aspect of the series except for the fact that there are video game characters <laughs> in real life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, great good <laughs> good job. Oh boy. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, and if you enjoyed this then Give us a subscribe if you've not done that yet. Tell your friends and all that. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, or through your podcatcher of choice. And the dog just made a noise in the background because it's very comfortable. (laughs) That is such a comfortable dog. Yeah. Um, If you would like to, then you can go ahead and visit our website, mostlycobbles.com. That's mostlycobbles.com, where we sometimes post articles if we feel like it. If we remember to, if we're not deeply stressed out enough to do this. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's also other our older podcasts which are going on on there as well. Yeah. You can also check out the updated list for the Deep Geeks ranking as well. Uh, go on, Click on podcasts on the sidebar, click on Deep Geeks, and then somewhere in the description there's a little hot link that'll take you right to it. And I'm keeping on top of it. I'm keeping it up to date. Don't you worry, folks. I'm not going to forget about it. Like I forgot about the uh, quiz course back when we did Like What I Like. Because <laughs> I did keep a count page on that on the old Tumblr and I kept forgetting to update it. Whoops. Whoops. Oh well. So yes. Next week, something infinitely crap. Call Hot Hints for the best Nintendo strategies. Oh, I give up. Don't give up. Call 1-900-HOT-HINTS and supercharge your game. Cool. I can select all my favorite games. There's hundreds of action-packed hints full of secret passwords on all the latest Nintendo games. 
Hot Hands is fast, fun, and it's $1.65 a minute. Now I have the power. Ask your parents before calling. 